Hello and welcome back again to Bad Choices in Bourbon. I'm your host, Dan Decker, coming to you worldwide from the Toad Suck Studios in beautiful central Arkansas. Uh, as always, I have a wonderful guest with me this week. Um, and as always, it is someone new each week so far. And uh, that is uh, happens to be my friend Jill uh, from the Chicagoland area, met on Twitter uh, not too long ago. And uh, I believe you're also on my Discord server, right? Not yet. Not yet? Well, if you want, you can be on the Discord server. <laughs> um, I have. Uh, I will send you a link for that because if you want to participate in that community, you are the kind of person we're looking for um, to be there. But you are here with me today on the show, Bad Choices in Bourbon, where we're going to talk a little bit about um, you uh, so that I can get to know you and then share that with everyone else who wants to know, um, which... Uh, which uh, are all of you wonderful listeners out there right now. Thank you for your ears uh, this week. Now, Jill, let's get started with um, where most folks begin. And I tell folks that, uh, you know, everyone feels like, oh, my story's not interesting. It's this, it's that, it's the other. Uh, And I tell them, well, you know, everyone kind of starts either pretty much the same way. We all get here kind of in the same, same way. Or, or if you didn't, that's a real interesting story. <laughs> so, you know, um, everyone can relate to being born or, or you know, arriving, arriving through mother. Uh, but if you arrived from another planet, that's an even more killer story. So either way you go, where does it start? Um, so I was born in the Chicagoland area in the early 1980s. Okay. And... I do have a little bit of a different start than a lot of other people because when I was born, my mom was immediately rushed into surgery for my crushing her kidney. Um, And I spent the first five years of my life in braces and casts learning to walk and getting my legs straightened out. Wow. (laughs) That is a, that is a different start to the the beginning. Okay. So there's right out of the gate. You're just like, okay, damn curveball, bro. And, you know, I, I don't have any death perception, so that was kind of rude, actually. No, I'm just kidding. We're going to take a moment and talk about that. So how, like, while being in utero, you were crushing your mom's kidney or on your way out, you were, like, using it for a kickstand? What the heck? Uh, so the last few weeks while she was carrying me, my mm-hmm. older sister had one of those little rubber squeak hammer toys and playfully, you know, bopped my mom on the belly. And I apparently didn't like that and moved off to one side. And they tried everything like light down, trying to physically turn me and push me. And, you know, she was lopsided. You were lopsided for how long? Wow. And then, um, and then so, and then you had to go through the braces treatment for what, about five years, you said? Yeah, it's about five years. So when I came out, my feet were pointing in the wrong direction. So they used braces and casts to slowly turn my legs back around. Whoa, that that is something. Um, and so yeah, so that the like you were completely oriented around, but it was. I mean, I know kids are kind of spongy <laughs> until a certain <laughs> point, and you can, like you said, you can you can move and I guess reorient that. But what that it's it just it's it's baffling that they, you know, didn't have some sort of, I guess there's really no surgical way to do it. That's better, but that is fascinating. Wow. 
<laughs> Bravo. For, yeah, no, kids are uh, kids yeah. are spongy. <laughs> yeah, they're malleable, very malleable cartilage type uh, type stuff. So, you know, made of clay a lot of ways. Don't test that theory, though. Uh, really, tr just trust us no. on that. Um, so, it's, wow, that it's is more, amazing. It, medically, it's more cartilage than mm -hmm. bone in some mm -hmm. places. So that's what, mm -hmm. like, lets kids sort of heal faster and deal deal with some of the exactly. stuff like that and what I went exactly. through. So, But, again, don't test that theory. Just so <laughs> folks. Uh, there's, the science is out there to prove we're right. Uh, <laughs> wow. So Jill, just right off, you're just like, no, nah, man, we're going to, we're going to start this thing off with some, with some fireworks. Um, that, uh, so my sister, uh, has arrived in a not, you know, not so typical way. She was inadvertently accidentally born at home uh, when I was seven, probably about the same time she was born in 82. So, you know, probably very similar to your time frame. Um, and, um, and anyway, that was completely by accident, and it was just my mom and myself. Uh, and I've, I've <gasps> talked about this. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was about <laughs> two o'clock in the morning, and so I had to get up. And you know, mom was like, "Oh, your your sister's on the way. We got to get ready." And I slept through that a little bit. And she's like, "Well, it's you know, it's getting really important. You got to wake up." And I was like, "Okay, fine." I got up, and she was born, and called the ambulance and the, my grandmother and all that stuff because uh, we didn't have nine one one at the time, so. Uh, and I'm going to go into detail with my sister at some point about that on the show uh, here. But uh, yeah, it's a it's it's one of the one of the many um, what I think are rather cool stories that's happened along the way, which is why I like talking about this stuff because everybody has some cool stories that happen along the way, and you didn't waste any time. So you get you get reoriented, <laughs> right? Everything gets everything gets uh, put around uh, the other way, uh, and since then. Um, you know, how's it been? Everything seemingly, you know, normal-ish from that point? Yeah. Um, originally, the doctors I mean, weren't 100% like confident. You're running a marathon or something, right? Your profile <laughs> today looks like you're running a marathon. Yeah. Yeah. No, the doctors weren't 100% confident I'd ever walk. Whoa. And so, you, you know, five years later and, you know, all that work and I was walking fine. And then in my early 30s, I was like, I really need to take better care of myself and started, you know, working out and then one of the physicians that I used to work with is like, you should run a 5k. You'd be amazing. So she oh, sort of put right. that bug, that bug in and, you know, I ran a 5k and then I was hooked. <laughs> well, uh, we, I did a couple 5k's, not anything to speak of. My wife used to run quite often and she did several half marathons. Um, uh, neither of us have been, uh, uh active enough lately. Um, Special, but who has really with with what was still happening with COVID at the time we recorded? I, um, you know, <laughs> I kept training through Chicago's lockdown. Yeah, um, and ran a half marathon early June. Wow, and it was awesome. I'll give a I will give a shout out to uh, Tom uh, Trim Often on Twitter, and my friend Emily, who's not on Twitter, but she's an amazing, 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 amazing friend, and she's been there for me for a lot of things. Because um, they both came out on their bikes and rode with me while I ran the half. Oh, very cool! And you were <laughs> able to able to stay safe and all of that. Did they have it figured out where you guys could run safely? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. It was really it was nice having them. They were both cheering me on, being like, "Come on, you got this." Well, I struggled know, in the last mile or so, but <laughs> I, well, yeah, the last mile is the last mile, no matter how far you're running. Um, and uh, you know, the I was thinking of, I was actually giving that some thought. Um, I don't know why, but just yesterday, um, 
in regards to how marathons and, and races, you know, sports overall has been a challenge, but things like marathons where it isn't about, um, you know, it's distance versus time, not runner versus runner. Um, and while, you know, it's inconvenient, there are multiple ways to run marathons that don't involve everyone being in a crowd. <laughs> so, <Yeah>. um, <laughs> you know, because it's a, you know, it's about how, you know, it's about running 26 miles or 13 miles um, faster than anyone, not necessarily beating them physically in person, which is cool to do and cross the finish line and all that. But also it's best not to get a respiratory illness that, you know, could, could do some damage. So I'm glad you were able to continue that because, um, you know, a lot of folks have fought against the, um, the malaise of the lockdown and not, um, you know, been as able or as willing or, or for whatever reasons to get out and do the physical things that they enjoyed. Um, so good for yeah. you for keeping it up and good for your friends for being there to support you. Cause, uh, trust me, I know, um, friend support is, or fam familial support is, uh, you know, that's the key to keeping up a healthy regimen when you find something, uh, to do. It either. absolutely is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you can't get the people you love involved to do it with you, um, having them support you in it is the next best thing. Um, yeah, you know, I've been fortunate enough to run a little with my wife and do a little karate with my boys and, um, you know, have a little bit of that going on. So there's always a little something we can enjoy together. Uh, but yeah, well, okay. So you've kind of been in around the Chicago land area. It sounds like, uh, for the most part, did you go to school anywhere, uh, else and come back or, or have you been in the real, I mean, Chicago land, uh, if you don't know, dear listeners, uh, is a very specific, uh, way to say places around Chicago that, are difficult to explain if you don't know where Chicago is. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it's essentially, but not comfortably within driving distance to the city, but you don't really want to tell people exactly where you live because it's just too much work. <laughs> pretty, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I actually, I lived at home uh, my first two and a half years and then moved out and had an apartment. Um but that was nice because I didn't have to have all the, you know, tuition bills for room and board. So mm -hmm. I stayed, I stayed for a local university because I was like, Ooh, you know, I could save money. And I'm one of the few people my age who doesn't have like gobs and gobs and gobs of student loans. I graduated and was like, I'm done. This is great. So that's, that's, that's particularly depressing to me as I, uh, you know, I turned 45 in May and I still owe on the first student loans I ever took out because of a lot of reasons. Um, but it's, it's, it's criminally ridiculous that, you know, I will admit to my errors and mistakes in and along the way, but we could all, I think, agree that it's a little, it's a little outside reasonable for a $2,500 loan to somehow be on the bill for nine grand still 25 years later. Anyway, it's, that's neither it's, here nor there. Yeah. It's it was scam, absurd. Man. Yeah. Uh, big time scam. They, they, well, it was, they take advantage of your youthful ignorance. Uh, predators do. Um, when it comes to, you know, student loan lending and uh, which even then it wasn't as bad as it had, has been relatively recently. And I don't know what the state of it is right now. I can't imagine that it's great, but even then it wasn't as predatory, I guess is the best way to put it. Uh, but also, you know, there was rampant credit card offerings on campus to new students, things like that, trying to get you to take on credit after credit after credit. And, uh, I know things haven't changed with regards to sending kids out in the world with a very poor understanding of how 
credit works and how it impacts your long-term uh, health, not just your financial health, but your health uh, with regards to, you know, the anxiety and trouble that, that being in bad credit can cause and things like that. So bravo to you for staying away from that stuff, because that's one thing we're trying to um, hopefully keep the kids out of when the time comes, especially as the oldest is entering his junior year. Oh, boy. Well, thank you. I've definitely it's, it's like the work. companies that that my husband has some of his student loans through. Definitely do some dishonest dealings, in my mm-hmm. in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I've seen some of like what's happened with his stuff, and I'm just like, it's absurd. Well, you know, one thing is like there is no way other than sourcing a completely other loan that with a, that has a lower interest rate for me to get the interest rate seven and a quarter percent in 2020. There's no reason that I should be paying seven and a quarter percent on a 25 year old loan. That's ridiculous. It's criminal, and that I can't is, get out of yeah. it. Yeah, right. So all of the all in uh, all the student loan refinancing programs are predicated upon having completed college, which I didn't do. So I'm in this, you know, in this particular category, <laughs> you know, where the you know where, where folks who are making a little too much money, it's uh, you know similar to. Uh, the folks who make a little too much money to get assistance, but not enough money to not need assistance. Um, you know, it's it's that gray area where it's just like, well, you kind of have to figure it out yourself there, bud. Um, but I yeah. will say one positive thing out of the COVID situation uh, was that um, Mohila did suspend uh, payments and interest uh, during this. So it's currently in forbearance and we're fortunate enough to still be able to make the payment. So I've just been throwing money at it as much as possible while till September, uh, because that's when it picks back up. And so uh, I looked in it the other day and saw the most glorious words where it was like, you know, the entire payment had been applied to the principal. And I was like, oh, the number went down, the number went down. <laughs> and so it was just, I told Trish, I was like, the number went down. <laughs> That's how I feel. That's how I feel about my mortgage. Yes. Every time I'm able, even if it's just like a hundred bucks on the mortgage, I'm like, that's a hundred less dollars that I'm paying interest on for 30 years. Yes. We're we're (laughs) kind of, oh man. So with the, yeah. So don't ever look up the root etymology of mortgage. It'll just make you sad. Um, It's French for death gauge. It's pretty awful. (laughs) Yep. Right. So uh, now you understand. Um, Our mortgage fluctuate. Well, the the mortgage portion doesn't fluctuate. The additional portions do because we pay escrow for taxes and insurance and make it all easier for us because we're terrible at paying all those other bills separately. Um, Just put it all in one. Boom, done. Uh, But that means that depending on the property value from time to time, your other things change. Uh, And so your payment can fluctuate um, from year to year uh, overall. And... I've just learned that hey, if it, it falls between this and that range, and I'll just pay at the top end of that range and get comfortable with that, and then whatever that else is extra goes to the principal, and it helps a little bit. Um, and it's nice to see uh, positive equity again. After if you ever if you had a house during two thousand eight, you feel me, y'all. Um, but yeah, it's nice to see positive equity again, at least on yeah. paper. I don't want anyone to come evaluate this house right now. <laughs> They I think quest- they might question <laughs> where the value is. We we might come out ahead. So we actually bought in the fall of 2008. See, there you go. Um, no, and we bought. We're definitely going to come up ahead. 
Yeah, we bought a foreclosure. I don't know why anybody would have paid what the previous owner originally paid for this house. I don't know what he was consuming to make him right. think that was reasonable. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we've done a lot because we had a an impromptu remodel after the great faucet flood of 2013. Uh, <laughs> the perils of home, home ownership. The, the moral of that story is do not cheap out on end piece plumbing. So like faucets, toilets, all that, like yep. buy the high end stuff. It Anything comes... that controls the stopping of the moving of yes. the water in large volume. Yes. Needs to be a quality um, product. <laughs> yep. And then save your receipts and packages from everything and like take pictures of, you know, the brochures, digitize it all at the very least. The insurance adjuster laughed, but the faucet that broke you know, I had another one for the downstairs basement we hadn't installed. So I gave him the package from that one in the original purchase receipt. The homeowner's insurance was able, their lawyers were able to go after the store that sold it, the distributor and the manufacturer. Whoa. And so we wound up getting our deductible back on, we had like $25,000 worth of damage to the house. And it was like a thousand dollar deductible, but we got Whoa. the deductible money back. That's pretty great. Yeah. That's a victory y'all. <laughs> no one ever wins. The little guy never wins. That's, that's Bob Parr fighting for you in the Incredibles at the insurance adjuster's office. It's one like, look, these people didn't do anything wrong. It's the faucet company. We got to take the faucet company over the coals, you know? Good job. <laughs> yeah, hey, no, listen, they, don't build, they don't build a crap product and you don't have to go to court to defend it. <laughs> don't distribute something that's not up to code in any country. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, you know. Maybe something, maybe something, you know, maybe your seal's a little stronger than a rubber band or something like that. You know, just kind of keep it up. Yeah. Quality yeah. stuff. Oh. Well, I'm glad, that, uh, speaking, I'm glad that sorted out well for you. Yeah. Speaking of plumbing seals, I have to laugh. So in the middle of all of this, we had already planned to remodel the downstairs bathroom. And so we had the plumber in. And this just gives you an idea of the previous owner's abilities. He's in there putting a new shower pan in and he put an appropriate, like, you know, plumbing end in for the shower pan in the basement. And the other tub is right above him. And he looks up and he sees the U-end, not sealed with plumber's tape, but with a plastic grocery sack. Wait, what? Oh, like, no. He's like, he's like, well, I'm waiting for this to cure. I'm going to run out to my truck and go grab some extra tape because I just finished this roll and I'm going to fix it for you and fix it for free. Oh, but I was like, yeah, I'm not wow. surprised that this homeowner did something like that. Wow, man, that is, that's some trash. Oh, I, previous uh, homeowners. Yeah. Yeah. It, <laughs> yeah. That we, so we, we bought the house uh, in 2002 and we are still, uh, you know, reaping the benefits of that, as you might say, um, when it comes to what's, uh, um, what still needs to be taken care of. There was a lot of, um, things that we found over the years that weren't quite kept up uh had they been we wouldn't have to be making up for that but you know yep. it is also you know it's built it's almost 100 years old it's like 90 years old now so you know it's a good house it's been around yeah it's made out of stuff yeah no we our house is almost 100 years old too but nothing is square because when we did the upstairs nope. bathroom nope. <laughs> it's a tub square. shower yep it's yeah. a tub shower combo you make we put up all level. the new. No, I go, I go in because we have like a ledge at the back of the tub, and it was this ugly, like green, veiny, like white vein something. I don't know what stone it was. It looked like fake marble, but it was like deep green. And oh, I was like, I want just a little piece of marble. 
So I go to this place that was like, oh, yeah, we can cut that for you. I'm like, I want this one side a half inch shorter than the other side. And they're like, are you sure? I'm like, look, I will pay cash for this now. I'm 100% serious. I have an old house. Nothing matches up. If you come in and look at it, if I didn't tell you, you wouldn't know. Right. But I need you to cut this <laughs> just like this. Please don't think I'm crazy. Yeah. I know. Yeah. And I like, yeah. Yeah. And they're like, but that's not going to, I'm like, it will fit. Don't worry. It's a hundred year old <laughs> house. Like how many times I've had to say that to people. I'm just like, it's a hundred year old house. Nothing square. Yeah. Nothing, nothing. <laughs> and you cannot get it to be, you'll spend, you'll spend a little too much money trying and just be like, ah, never mind. Fine. Yeah. Fine. Well, you just know plush, where not to put the TV, you know? Yeah. The, the plush carpet in the basement really hides like, you know, the, the inch or two deviation in the floor across the basement. So I'm sure it does. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So been around Chicago, born, raised, stayed, and found, found your own abode um, with that. Uh, so, you know, we connected through Star Trek um, uh, on Twitter uh, through some, you know, Twitter magic. And uh, so that's one thing that you and I share that you enjoy, but that is usually the tip or part of a larger iceberg of fandoms and interests and, and such having seen the brief glimpse behind you where you're at with the, the DVDs, you, you said, those are, those are your husbands, but also I, I imagine, you know, you got, you share some love of some of it, right? Uh, yeah, like 90%. Um, <laughs> And he gets he gets into some of those like shoot 'em up action movies, and I'm just like, mm, like you can watch that on your own. I'll go read a book or something. But yeah, um, I'll tell you the story about how I actually met my husband because this will show you my nerd cred. There we go. Um, so, do you remember a first person shooter game called Counter Strike? I do. Yeah. So, way back in the heyday of the internet, I was trying to figure out how to play. I'm not good at video games and I'll be the first person to admit that so I'm sitting on the computer trying to you know figure everything out and I'm you know I'm on my sister was running a server and she had you know her regular group of guys that she played with and I'm like you know I'm sitting on her server trying to figure this out and this guy comes in and he shoots me in the head and like I didn't even see him where the heck is he coming from like what is going on how do I pick up a weapon like how do I get this to work I respawn, you know, what have you. This happens a few times. I finally message him. I'm like, you're really good. Do you want to give me some tips? And he's like, oh, sure. And so he like talks me through a few things and I'm, you know, fumbling my way through it. I do okay. I'm like, hey, well, you know, you should bookmark this server and come back and play more often. Like we like people, you know, who are good and nice, you know, what have you. Like come hang out. And I'm like, I'll send you the link to the associated forum. You can join and chat with everybody who's in the group. And so he's like, oh, okay, cool. So he joins and like, you know, introduces himself and we're all talking, what have you. We, we play for a while and catch him on every now and again. It's cool. No big deal. And then my sister, um, when was this? I'm trying to think like fall of 2005 is like, Hey y'all, I know you're a bunch of nerds come to the anime convention. That's by us. It's in spring of 2006. I want to meet you all in person you know, be there or be square, sort of an invitation. Mm -hmm. Hey, one thing so, real quick. Yeah, <laughs> yes. one thing real quick. You know you know why you'll be square? No. Because you won't be around. Oh. Boom. Anyway, <laughs> back to your story. That is actually, that is a great dad joke. <laughs> as, in, as, it's, as it is also, you know, he is weird Al Yankovic as opposed to Norm Al Yankovic. 
That's fabulous. I and I am a huge there. fan of Weird Al, so yeah, I appreciate I got that. To see him in concert. I got to see I got to take uh take, take two of the boys with me to see him in concert last year. <gasps> the strings with, uh, attached 20... to her. Yes, the strings attached to her with the uh, we... he played in Little Rock <laughs> with the uh, with the Arkansas Symphony Orchestra. He sure did. Yeah, we actually went up to Milwaukee because my friend got married the weekend he was playing Chicago. Uh-huh. So we went up to Milwaukee and it was nice because that was actually an indoor venue versus Chicago. Or it was outdoor. Um, nice. And we took our two space moms with us and, you know, had a fun evening with them. <laughs> there you go. And, and just in case you're wondering, listeners, uh, we used to be able to go to things called concerts uh, with other people and sit very close to strangers yelling and screaming and jumping up and down and even sweating on each other. Um, and none of that, of course, is allowed anymore because we're not allowed fun uh, at all. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. This is actually quite fun. But sorry to have interrupted. You were telling the story of your Counter-Strike uh, first-person shooter, everybody must die introduction <laughs> to your husband. Yeah. So fast forward to the anime convention. Um, I'm Anything hanging out with everybody. An anime and- convention is going to go well. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> this taller guy in this uh, Hawaiian shirt comes walking in and I'm like, oh, he's kind of cute. And so he introduces himself. Everybody's like, oh, what's your screen name? What's your screen name? And it was funny because my sister had shirts made up with the clan name on them. And then everybody was like autographing each other's shirts because it was the first time we met in person. And we're like, oh, this would be a nice keepsake from the weekend we all got together. That's awesome. So he comes in and his screen name is TG Choo Choo. And I'm like, oh my gosh, Choo Choo! And so I run over and start talking. <laughs> we spent... We spent the entire day talking and it was funny. Like, you know, we have the same sort of perspective and attitude on things. Like, you know, he's very easygoing in some regards. Um, Just, it was a, it was a total click. And I knew that day I'm like, I'm going to find a way to make this man mine. So um, (laughs) fast forward to a few months later when he was suddenly single and I was like, you should come to the Chicagoland area and we should go on a date. He lives, he, he was living in Iowa and his family's all in Iowa. Uh-huh. And he was far, like, oh, okay. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, Des Moines's only like is four it, hours. Yeah. I have, I have family a, in Des Moines and Chicago, so I know, I know all these things. Yeah, it was a four and a half hour drive from where he yeah. was at to come see yeah. me. And it was funny because it was like, once he got on the highway, it was like two turns for him to get on the highway highway the whole way there and where i was living at the time it was like two more turns he was like it's literally four turns in a long straight line that's really funny (laughs) which y'all that long straight line you better gas up on that trip because you will not Uh, see anything between chicago and anywhere else on the way (laughs) chicago to st louis don't fall asleep chicago to iowa don't fall asleep because it's man it is not a lot it depends it depends which way you go because if you take uh 90 to 20 you do pass medieval times oh well there you go there's a little (laughs) tourist trip for y'all in the chicago land the iowa uh demographic on your way between past medieval times and well you know if it's safe to do so uh by the time you get to take that trip yeah (laughs) well that's fascinating oh it's a fascinating way to meet the bow you there? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, okay. Sorry, you cut yeah. out. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. So, so that's a fascinating way to meet your man, and 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 very that vibe that I'm gonna I'm gonna make him mine is is 100 uh, percent uh, the opposite on my side. Not to sound too, you know, caveman, 
Cape Pro Magnon. Uh, but the and it wasn't the first time we met. Um, it was more along the second time we met because the first time we met was a weird circumstance. Um, and she came over uh, with a roommate, and we just said, "Hey!" And this, and then like fast forward two years, and that same roommate and her roommate were, you know, seeing each other a little, and she came over to hang out with her roommate. And uh, at our house, and we watched a movie. I don't remember exactly what it was, but uh, we were just hanging out and everything. And when she left, I told all the guys, I was like, "She's gonna marry me and have my kids, and I just have to figure out how." <laughs> and that will be twenty-one years ago this fall. So I've done pretty good so far. Uh, yeah, twenty-one years and three children. <laughs> two dogs and a cat. So, uh, it's pretty well locked in, man. Um, but yeah, no. So, so very similar, you know, I, I you just know, right. It's on lock. You've got it. You, you just have to get the, I tell folks, I just had to get the facts to fit the narrative. You know, um, I knew, I knew what story I wanted to tell. I just had to make it true. Um, yeah. and not in a creepy stalker way. I know it sounds like super creepy stalker, but that's not it. It's true love y'all, which there's a very fine line. Between true love and stalker, there really is. It's like the safe side of stalker. It's kind of you know that's love is work. You don't just get in it and sit around. You got to keep at it, and that takes you know that that, that can be like stalkery sometimes. Uh, but uh, so and then what happened? Well, so we we went on a date, and then we went on a few more dates, and we you know we chatted all the time, long distance so to speak, and he asked me to come out and celebrate Christmas with him and his family. And two days before Christmas Eve, he proposed to me what? and I said, yes. So what? we dated for a total of three months. Ah, <laughs> no judgment here, man. When it works, it works. And how long ago was that? Um, that was 14 years ago. See, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> So we'll, whoa, okay, uh, 17, we'll be married 17 years, August 30th. So that'll be a little while back from now when folks hear this, but um, yeah, 17 years that we've been married and 21 years since our first date this year. Uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's good to put in the work and keep the time, you know, it, it's, uh, it's something worthy of having, um, especially, uh, it, and you know, folks are all like, Oh, that's great. Well, yeah, it is great, but you know, it's also not for free. <laughs> you know, there's yeah. a lot of it's a lot of literal blood, sweat, and tears that goes into keeping it um, working, um, actively. Uh, you know, make, maintaining. Uh, you know, you can let the house go a little a little longer and a little more disrepair than you can let the relationship itself uh, go. And 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 that's um, you know, it's a lot of uh, it's worth it. It's a it's a lot of fun in the end to to have all that. Um, so applauds to you for that as well. You just, you're over here rocking life. You're like, look, I came out backwards, but I got it all straight now. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and, and he's, he's an amazing man because he's supported me through a lot. And he's, he's the person I, I kind of joke and say, he's my financial backer from my running habit because, mm -hmm. you know, I broke my foot and ran my first half marathon on it. And then, you know, <laughs> walking boot for three months what have you and like he was my emotional support when I couldn't run and I was like sad seeing everybody else out you know crushing crushing races and setting PRs and yeah like you know 
it was like, oh, my watch is dying last fall. I come home one day, I'm, I'm down here stretching. He comes home and he's like, guess what? And he comes downstairs and puts a new like watch on my wrist. And he's like, here Aww. you go. I got this for you. Like See, GPS go. watches are not cheap either. And I was like, you didn't have to do that. I was making do with it. It was the screen that was dying. He's like, no, no, you need the best. You got to keep running. So See, I got to tell you <laughs> that that relates. Um, and, and I'm going to bounce back because you, you, you told me something. And we hadn't we haven't we hadn't hit that pin yet. So I'm gonna come back to you stuck a pin in the thing and come back to it. But this point about um, about y'all taking care of your people. Listen. So he wanted he wanted you to have a nice thing and a thing that that was worth you having, right? Because it's your yep. your nice thing, and he wants you to have nice things. That's that's something, folks. You should let people gift you things um, because they have their reasons. And just graciously accept it, even if it's not something you want, and then find a way to make it useful later. But if someone gives you something, it's usually for a reason they have. And, and, and you know, gift giving is a little selfish. Let them have it. Let people have nice things. So, first of all, he wanted you to have something nice. He knew you needed it, and you can make use of it. That's great. Um, I had myself, I have an Apple Watch, and it's this the regular, you know, Wi-Fi model, no cellular connectivity for itself. So I have to have the host phone uh, within range for it to be completely functional. Um, and so I had darted out of the house one evening to go pick the kids up from the ball game or whatever it was and um, left my phone at home, had my watch on. I was like, ah, it'll be fine. Because I just expected, you know, hey, they're going to be standing outside the gymnasium waiting for me to drive by because, of course, they are. They're not teenagers. They'll, they'll, they'll do exactly <laughs> what I expect. And um, so, you know, I, I drive by, huh, not out there yet. I'll make the circle, come back around, huh, still not out there. You know, and I'm like, oh, these guys, they're going to make me park and walk in. And I was like, I'll just text them. And I remembered I didn't have my I had my phone. It's like, well, maybe oh. the watch will do it anyway. And no, it wouldn't do it anyway. And so I was like, well, that's super inconvenient. And uh, it happened maybe one other time. And I was like, man, that is really inconvenient. And so... When I wanted to, uh, I wanted to surprise uh, Trish with an Apple Watch because she, you know, she's got no real need for one other than, you know, I want her to have one because it's nice. And um, and so I thought, well, uh, there was a special promotion going on for for me uh, through my employer at the time, and so there was reasons to get a good one anyway. And so I got the one with cellular for her uh, because I was like, man, if you know, if any. Thing. I was mildly inconvenienced. And if there is any reason that the one thing that would keep her from being safe or able to do something was that I didn't get the cellular watch, I'm not going to be cool with that. So, you know, for a little bit more, uh, I was like, okay, this is, you know, yeah, it's a cool feature, but for a little bit more, we can cover another base, right? Well, lo and behold, last, last week or so, get a text from her. She's like, I think I left my phone at home. And I was like, oh, I'd already seen it. I was like, I saw it and I was like, let's see how this plays out. Um, she had the phone left at, at, uh, here and I hadn't had a chance to text her. I knew she would get the text because she had a watch. Um, and uh, but she, she got to me first and I was like, oh, well, you know, test, uh, test it. So do you want me to bring it? She was going to take it to work and that way she could come pick it up. Um, she's like, oh, no, I have my watch. It'll be fine. I was like, yeah, see? <laughs> and, and her not having to leave work and make that round trip or to, to, to not, you know, do what it is that she does basically paid for the feature <laughs> itself. And that one, the one time we needed it, it paid for itself. And so, you know, 
wanting your people you love to have nice things that make their life easier is um, it's just what you should do. You know, if you're able to take care, take good care of your folks, do that. Um, you know, and it's vice versa. Some folks are just hard to buy for. So, you know, um, do something nice for somebody else with their name on it. Like if I don't know my default, like if I don't know what to get somebody, but I want them to know that, Hey, I was thinking about you. And I think it's just, um, you know, it's just something nice to do is, uh, I'll make a donation to St. Jude's children's hospital, uh, because you really probably can't go wrong trying to help cure children's cancers. So figure it's a safe bet. <laughs> Anybody that gets mad about that, probably I shouldn't be buying presents for So <laughs> You know what I'm saying? So, but to, to pull that pin, we're going to pull the pin out of the, out of the uh, conspiracy board. Um, you said that somehow your, your story about meeting your husband related to movies, I believe. No, no, I thought, Oh, I thought, no, it's just, he's, He's got the he's got the big movie collection. He's got the so big that's movie him. collection. But that helps. Okay, that's, but yeah, that helps that's with where, the nerd cred. So yeah, not <laughs> boom. Yeah, the, the conspiracy board just fell off the wall. Uh, so, but other things, other things, other nerd things. You like other nerd things, just not yeah, not so just Star Trek, right? We're we're casual anime fans. Okay, obviously. I like he's, that. Yeah. He's big into video games. Okay. I'm okay at them. I'm trying to learn how to play Minecraft right now. It's going okay. Uh, I okay. knock on wood so far have not been attacked or killed by any monsters. So <laughs> So you're not just playing creative mode, you're out there, you're in it to win it on Minecraft. I'm in it to win it. Well yeah, I'm on his server, but Oh, know. I gotcha. Yeah, now that's the serious <laughs> so so he runs his own Minecraft server. That is something. I've done that in the past for folks. It's not hard, but it's you definitely have to put some attention to it because they the users get cranky, man. They want stuff. Yeah. You know? Running yeah. a server for other people is hard. <laughs> I mean, except for a Discord server. Discord, I was like, I was super, um, uh, uh, I was, you know, a little reluctant to turn that on. And I, it was just like, oh, 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 that's, oh, okay, fine. That's it. Fine. Here. Here's the link, everybody. Come join me. <laughs> um, which I'll send you DM on Twitter before, uh, before too long. So you can come pop in and say, hey. Um, there's, uh, it, there's no pressure there. It's, uh, it's basically a, uh, um, a, you know, a further refined, uh, of the, of the usual suspects from Twitter, um, just the, in there to have positive conversations about all things Trek related, uh, and even non-Trek related, but, um, but yeah, you're more than welcome. I'll send you that link. Uh, and dear Sweet. listeners, if you, uh, if you hear this and you aren't already on the discord server for, uh, the Trek nerd, uh, go ahead and DM at Dan Decker, uh, on Twitter. Uh, and I will discuss getting you on there because, uh, more the merrier. Um, it's, it's not the most, uh, hopping place to be, but it is, uh, always, uh, active. There's people there chatting about Star Trek 24 seven because we are worldwide. Uh, so yeah, we'll get you over there cause that'll be fun. Um, but yeah, uh, so my, what do you say? Casual anime. Uh, I, I don't even know if casual, uh, it's casual feels like a strong word for me. I have very, um, uh, specific, uh, anime that I, that I would say I'm a fan of. And, um, usually the, or, uh, it's usually limited to Robotech, uh, Speed Racer, Voltron, um, and, uh, you know, modern, uh, I do enjoy modern animation influenced in the anime style, things like, you know, Avatar The Last Airbender and things like that. But yeah, I'd say 
you know, a very select uh, set of anime um, material is what I would call my fandom. And that's about it. I I can appreciate that. So I'm a huge fan of Trigun. Have you seen that? I haven't. I haven't. Oh, it's a really good anime. Well, um, can, and it was really lie. hilarious Give me because... a crash course on it. <laughs> so it's about this guy called Vash the Stampede. Um, you you start the anime and it's like, oh, you know, there's this 60 billion double dollar reward on his head when a dead or alive. And as you progress through the anime, like, oh, who's Vash? Like, is this guy in this red coat? You know, you see all these other people who show up in red coats either claiming to be him or not. He's a little bit of a womanizer. That's the one thing I'm not quite a fan of. Yeah. But you know, the 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 um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like that was okay at the time. Like if you made right. this now, people would be very appalled by his behavior. But right. when it was made, that was sort of acceptable. Um, but it's just really funny. And then you come to find like what a amazing sort of like tender, loving person he is, and like the lengths he will go to to do no harm. Nice, nice, nice. Well, um, I uh, you'll have to you'll have to send me a link to check that out um, because I definitely uh, want to include that uh, in the show notes as part of uh, what we what we talked about today, so that uh, uh, the listeners can uh, avail themselves of that as well. Uh, are there any other like sci-fi franchises that you fan out on as much as Star Trek? Um, a little bit of everything. Um, I'm just looking at like what we have over here. I mean, you name it, we've probably dabbled in it at least a little bit or watched it all the way through. Um, one of the things I really enjoyed that my husband introduced me to, cause we watched all the Star Treks together. Um, sorry for our first anniversary, I gave him the original series on DVD and then every anniversary thereafter, he got more Star Trek on DVD. And so Aww. we watched it all together in like five years. It was fun. Aww. That's and nice. one of the things was like, oh, my gosh, you know, Scott Bakula from Enterprise did like a wonderful job. He's like, have you ever seen Quantum Leap? And I'm like, <gasps> no. So he bought Quantum Leap and we watched that together. And that's probably one of my favorite, like, one of my series. favorite sort of like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's funny because, um, you know, there it, it, you can tell there's a either a, a I wouldn't say generational divide, but there's definitely a um there's one side of that equation, you know, for, for a certain set of people, it's Scott Bakula from Enterprises and Quantum Leap or Scott Bakula from Quantum Leap is an enterprise, right? <laughs> <laughs> and it goes the other direction for me. Scott, ba- Scott Bakula from Quantum Leap is an enterprise, and which was one of the one of the things for me was like, sweet, that's cool. Um, you know, when when Enterprise was announced, I was like, man, that's I, I am down for uh, Captain Scott Bakula. Um, and uh you know, uh, I Jonathan Archer um, seems to be a kind of a polarizing character, but I've always liked him, um, and uh, I like because I like Scott Bakula, and I think he did. Uh, if you go back and uh, as I am with uh, the track lad Michael uh, watching Enterprise uh, as we go through all of Star Trek chronologically from the the timeline beginning uh, on Tuta Tanagra, um, uh, you can see why people are think he's abrasive, um, but if you frame it, you know, correctly, I wouldn't say correctly, but if you frame it in a certain point of view, uh, then you can see why he's the way he is because, you know, they've got, they don't got a chance to get it wrong. You know, everything they do is the first time and it has to be kind of right. Um, and so he's got that weighing on his shoulders. That's why they picked him to do the job, you know? Uh, so yeah, yeah I, I, I love it. 
Love it. So you liked uh, you liked Quantum Leap and you watched all of it, I guess, by now? Yes, we've watched all of it. Oh my gosh, it's amazing. <laughs> oh, that ending, that ending, spoiler alert, the ending, the Quantum Leap is oh. a little bit crushing. You know, uh, it, it is an unfortunate, you know, you can frame it as an unfortunate cop-out, but you can also frame it as a, um, a heartbreaking uh, tragedy in the, in the end um, that he just, you know, he never resolves what work it is he has to do. And I guess that, you know, uh, as I think about it in the moment now from all these years removed, that that is just the bow on the story of being human, that it's just, it's a never ending opportunity to try to get it right until, you know, until you're done. Right. Um, yeah. it's just that Sam's not ever going to be done probably. Yeah. I didn't find it so crushing because I sort of took that as like motivation to sort of like keep right. looking for things to do. Right. But I think that's just like how I try to frame a lot of things because I don't want to see a sad ending. <laughs> well, and then too, though, you saw it in total uh, after uh, watching the series through and I watched it live happen on TV when I was like, 17 and one of my favorite tv shows came to a, a, a an unsatisfying at the time end because you know when you're 17 you have everything to look forward to and you're like well there's no reason for the story to end why are you cutting off my shows bro you know yeah and um and so you know that's where coming you know coming to that understanding all these years later kind of changes things because um you know the frustration of that angsty gen xer uh not seeing his hero win as it were is different than it is now. Just like, you know, I went through, you know, you can go through the phases of, uh, you go through the emotional phases of accepting Wesley Crusher. Uh, I was 12 when TNG premiered. So yeah, Wesley was cool until he wasn't. And then he was again, <laughs> you know, and that's kind of how, you know, it went through like, you know, when I was a, when I was a garbage teenager and he, you know, he was too, I was like, yeah, I don't like him either. Oh, it's garbage. And, you know, and then and as a young adult, you're just like, I can see why people are upset with this child. And, and as a, you know, as a father and, and then with the, the, the strong drugs of nostalgia applied, I look, I see Wesley now and I'm like, yeah, man, I really did want to be him. And yeah, man, he really is a good kid to have around. And they really should cut that dude some slack. He's just trying to help, you know? And it's, yeah. it's you know, and then I too, the real world trouble and struggles that Will went through because for no good reasons, uh, because people are garbage on Twitter sometimes. Um, but, you know, to see him be, um, embrace, embrace all of it and still be stronger for it uh, makes me love Wesley Crusher even more. So. Yeah. Yeah. No. Well, and Will the, Wheaton's fantastic now. Yeah. I feel like oh, he he's, is. he's He's even better since he got off Twitter because I feel mm -hmm. like his posts yep. are a little, they're a little more elevated. Yep. Um, yep. But we, my husband and I joke that we have a board game closet that would make him jealous. <laughs> <laughs> he does love playing <laughs> games and I think all good people do. So wait a minute, Ben, wait a minute. It's, it's a little too late in the show to be bringing up gaming at this point. I mean, you know what I'm about, right? I, I do. Mean, you, I mean, what are we? Okay, so like, I gotta admit, my my interests are always a little limited in scope, and that's intentional, uh, because otherwise, I mean, uh, untreated ADD is it's hard 
So I treat it by focusing <laughs> on the thing. So I love Dungeons and Dragons, and it's the only tabletop game that I tend to play. Uh, I've played others, and we play games as a family, just not that one. Um, we yeah. we love board games, and we'll find the craziest, most outrageous ones uh, to play uh, that are all you know age appropriate. Uh, just, you know, there's uh, uh, Cards Against Humanity. You don't play with a nine year old. I mean, you could. <laughs> Uh, you could yeah. you'd be you'd be a real prime candidate to be a subject in the game if you did but you could um <laughs> yeah i bet it'd be hilarious uh but i'm not going to be the one to do it <laughs> um but so what do you play though what do you play but i mean do you play dungeons and dragons because otherwise I, I really wouldn't have much to talk about <laughs> <laughs> so i've played D off and on i haven't I think my problem is I haven't found a good group to play with uh, yeah. because people, the people that I've played with all sort of like, they get lost in their turn. They take 40 minutes a turn. They're not paying attention <sighs> to what's going on, like at the table uh, in front of them yeah, because turns take yeah. so long. Yeah, like they yeah. bring a tablet and they're playing a different game on their tablet. And I'm just like, uh, yeah, focus and yeah. play. Um, I was in a Pathfinder uh, game that was a little bit of a struggle, but it was just like when the session was, because like everybody's a night owl and I'm well, such a like, disgusting kind of morning person. Yeah. yeah. So I had a hard time with some of like the mechanics. My husband built my character. I had a hard time with some of the mechanics because he like he built it thinking I'd use it one way and I used it a different way. Yeah. So he was like, let me retool this a little bit. That's how you want to use it. But I had fun with that. Um, and he's trying to put together like a it's his like little secret project. I shouldn't talk about it, but he's trying uh -huh. to put together another campaign, but I'm just trying to find a couple people who like respect the, like, if you're here playing a game, you're here playing the game. Don't do something else at the table. Mm, we will discuss so. post recording. Mm. <laughs> we shall discuss. So I appreciate everything that you have said because I have been consistently with one DM and a rotating uh, cadre of various and others uh, players. Um, some can, you know, some float in and out over time. But there was one group where a subset of that group began bringing their uh, alcohol along, and then it became, you know, went from beers to whiskey, and it was just like that's not how we should be here to play this game. I don't think. And so, yeah. of course, that kind of dismantled. Uh, quite quite abruptly because the the vibe was the vibe was done um and then i've been playing with the a pretty steady group um of the same four other people uh from work one most of them from work one guy from not work uh but we it, it the difference between the two is the difference between feeling like going to the game is work and going to the game is fun and what's yeah. funny about that is the one that I quote is fun is the one that we're turning into work because we're so good at it. Right. Yeah. We, we, we can get so much accomplished in our three hours together uh, because we all know our characters. We all are ready to play We're we're we, you know, we're count, we're already looking at our options and counting up our dice for the next, you know, all right. So um, if I, okay, we're fighting that guy. And um, if he does that, then I've got this ready. And if he does that, then I got that ready. But if I get my chance and I land a crit, I'm dropping all my smites because I want to throw down 16 dice. <laughs> and who, yes. I mean, if you aren't trying to play, to, I mean, if you aren't looking for a way to throw 16 dice, why are you at the table? <laughs> 
know? <laughs> I mean, that should be how you, I mean, that math is fun. You're like, okay, I'm going all in guys. I got four, I got four level four uh, spell slots. That's like, um, okay. So I mean, I can use like all of my D eights on smite and I get my extra smite and I got a D eight sword and, oh, and I critted. So that's like, uh, that is 14 D eights and, uh, you know, a lot, it's a lot of dice y'all. <laughs> it is it's yeah. a lot of fun to throw that and i don't care if you've got real dice or digital dice stacking up a handful of dice and dropping them on the table and watching somebody die in a glorious one hit it's fun so what we're saying yeah. is respect your dm the work they put in and pay attention at your table um also yes. try not to build groups that are too big Yes. Six and I think the other thing, if there are any mini manufacturers listening, please make some decent female characters that are not scantily clad with giant boobs. Have you ever um, looked at Hero Forge? I've looked at a lot. My husband found one for the last campaign that worked pretty well, but I got so frustrated in one of the campaigns I actually made because it looked more like a man than a woman. I made a little banner out of a toothpick and a piece of paper that said, I have boobs. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you haven't looked at hero, heroforge.com, um, that is 100% custom minis that they 3D print for you. And you can control oh. everything. Everything. So, yeah, uh, check it out, heroforge.com. Uh, and you can okay. custom design. Um, uh, you can custom design your own mini. Uh, you can you can adjust your um, uh, musculature and uh, bust and chest size and stomach. You can put on a pudgy booty and all this other stuff. It's a lot of fun. Um, and cool. then, so you yeah, uh, I've got a. Uh, I'll send you a picture of one that I got from there and then had painted uh, when we're done here. Uh, Gurit might is a, he's a halfling barbarian and. Um, Anytime I play a halfling, they all have a little bit of a Scottish accent. So, you know, uh, <laughs> my, uh, uh, I play a couple of halflings. So I'm in a, Reven, Revenger is a, uh, um, he's a paladin, speaking of throwing smites. So, but yeah, That's um, definitely want to talk to you about the other thing where it's important for people to show up and pay attention because I'm interested in that. And I got something to tell you. Uh, we're, we're one of the things we're working on uh, through the uh, Discord server, and hopefully we'll have uh, this will be not news by the time folks hear this. Is uh, adapting the current version of D and D to an adventure uh, featuring uh, our familiar environment of Star Trek. So the concept we're boiling out is uh, a dungeon crawl through the lower decks, relevant <laughs> of the Enterprise E. As it uh, as the events of first contact take place, but unbeknownst to our so we're and and, and to the to the point of, of like yourself or some other folks who aren't sure how to play or what to do to get involved in play, um, we're building it very intentionally so that you're, the crew quote unquote the party is ready to go. There'll be a selection of characters at the right levels with the right skills um, to start with. So you can pick the one you want to have fun with and not the one that, you know, not end up building something that doesn't work. You, they'll be familiar enough in the environment. You can be like, oh, I want to be, for you know, we have reasons. I want to be the Ferengi, <laughs> right? Because uh, that's <laughs> something you know and that's something you would want to be, right? Or I want to be the Romulan or whatever the thing is, right? Because that's familiar. Um, and then, you know, we'll have more than uh, one of us DMing so that we can coach along the way 
And in a familiar environment with a familiar background story, accomplishing a familiar goal um, helps facilitate that learning, right? So it isn't about the process of, of, of the gaming. It's about having the adventure. And so we're going to do a, essentially a dungeon crawl from the lower decks with a very much lower decks vibe cast of characters. You know, I'm talking the show and the episode <laughs> um, from the from the belly of the Enterprise up to the up to the bridge. Uh, and, you know, eventually f- fighting increasingly and ever more uh, bored. <laughs> but the thing is, they have no idea. They have no idea what's happened. They have no idea that the ship's gone back in time. They have no idea that um, the uh, uh, Borg have invaded the Enterprise. They're down there scrubbing plasma ducts and, you know, clearing out trash that people throw down Jeffrey's tubes instead of the trash recyclers. And, <laughs> and all of a sudden, Borg are everywhere. They've kind of saved the bridge. So that's the plan. Um, uh, but yeah, that's part of that's part of what um, you know. Uh, we're, I'm working with. Uh, uh, Ian and, and Ed Brewster on that um, uh, to, so we can, I, I feel like that's a great way to inter- get people introduced into that, the concept of D20 gaming and the, and the Dungeons and Dragons system uh, without it being overwhelming uh, to have to learn to build a character. Because once you see how it works, you like, and then you go back and look, you're like, oh, that's why it does that, right? So, <laughs> I, well, yeah. I hope anyway, I hope. So if you're interested in that, we'll get involved. Um, uh, yes, I will definitely yeah. be interested in that. You know, there's a specific Star Trek D20 game game book I do out know there, that right? There's a okay. specific one of those out there, <laughs> and that's totally awesome. I've heard people play it on podcasts, and I would love to play that game. Um, but this is more an exercise in a uh, few folks needing something to do that uh, help. You know, part of it's helping us understand the D and D SRD system better. So. Uh, Wizards of the Coast have graciously opened the the, the framework of D and D five E to developers like whoever that you could use to make your game based on that system under the licenses and you know keep it cool. Uh, and we're not trying to sell this thing and make any money. So uh, it's more about how do you build a Romulan in Dungeons and Dragons? Um, and, you know, <laughs> can, you know, can I build a custom race and custom classes and where are the challenges? Because you, you know, for instance, um, you can make an Andorian race, but it's kind of difficult to make an Anar because there's no real facility for making somebody permanently blind, right? Other than the character yeah. just knowing to be blind. So how do you, how do you impose blindness kinds of effects on on someone all the time? You know, that was a challenge. A lot of fun. Um, by the way, they get as they have. Uh, uh, disadvantage on deck saves minus one d four. It's rough, uh, but they have message by they have message as a cantrip because they are telepathic, uh, and so you know there's 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 ways you make it fun. So that's it's the challenge of doing that. Not so much that there isn't already something there to to play. Um, we're just having fun um, and also naming them uh, creatively so as not to uh, to stir up the ire of copyright. And so. Um, Ed's developed the raw Mulans, <laughs> and I have the Andurians. So you know we're keeping it fun, and it's it's just you know fleshing out a challenge more than it is um, uh, uh, you know battling a or trying to reinvent the wheel. Uh, we're just trying to shape the wheel into the form of an enterprise. It's fine. <laughs> well, that sounds like a blast. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have a good time. Uh, but yeah, uh, let's go ahead and unfortunately uh, wind things down here. 
uh, as it were, because um, we do need to bring it to a close, which is great because that means we can open it back up sometime in the future. Uh, I've yet to have sequels on the show, but that is always the plan. Um, our stories hopefully don't end for some time yet, and uh, there's always more to learn about each other. Uh, so, Jill, it's been absolutely fantastic to have you with us and uh, with me here today on the show. Um, is there any final thoughts, shout outs or um, good causes, evil causes even that you would like to promote before uh, we wind it down? Um, yeah, just a shout out to everybody on Twitter. Um, there's way too many to name. Um, mm-hmm. I love them all. Everybody in the Star Trek community is amazing. Uh charitable causes you said st jude's i'll give you a lesser known pediatric oncology research organization that's charitable it's Mm -hmm. called the children's oncology group they actually run a majority of the uh pediatric uh clinical research trials and they are found at over 200 hospitals across the united states Um, and they've done some tremendous work and got the most recent drug uh, regimen that was approved. There's only three drugs that are specifically been approved for pediatric cancer in the last 25 years. Mm-hmm. And I was fortunate enough to work with them on one of their studies. Wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> we didn't even get Folks. into work. So I told you, yeah, no, we did. There's well, more to, more to talk about. <laughs> exactly. And, and, you know, and that's, that's one thing, you know, people are, uh, some folks, I love my job and I am not shy about, uh, I am, um, uh, I'm not shy, but I am, you know, reserved about being too open about who I work for under certain contexts because it's, you know, it is what it is. Uh, but I 100% love my job. I'm proud of who I work for and I enjoy what it is that I get to do every day um, for various and sundry reasons. Uh, and it's um, so, but not everyone, not everyone wants to talk about their job when they're not at their job. So, um, if you do, but if you do love what you do, then we will definitely talk about that when we get to visit again. Um, once again, what was the name of the organization? The Children's Oncology Group. The Children's Oncology Group. Okay. We're I'll send you, a, yep. I'll send you a link yep, for yep, them. I'm going to have a link to that, uh, and a shout out for them in the show notes, most def, um, for that. And then as she said, there are more than, um, seven, 800 bajillion dozen people on Twitter to name that I couldn't name them all. And I tried the other day and I still missed. Uh, so, um, it's just, you know, when I, I, it used to be easier to make a list and now it's like, I know I'm going to leave somebody off and they're going to be like, why did Dan not list me out, man? And it's because honestly, I just can't list everybody. It's, uh, there's so many of you and, 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 and it doesn't dilute anything. Um, the experience is amazing with each and every one of you. I appreciate the folks on on there and i appreciate all of you who uh are listening to the show it's always fun to have someone here with me it's always amazing to uh get to do this um for fun uh but also uh a little bit of profit um uh, just a wee bit there are uh, some of you who have graciously chosen to support uh what we're doing here as a patron on patreon uh so if you are interested in that there's a link in the show notes to that too it is uh, patreon.com slash d-a-n-d-e-c-k-r um and uh you know every little bit helps uh, but you do get some perks along the way uh if you choose to support the show at certain levels we'd be happy to um meet those uh premiums for you uh to the one and two patrons that i have i can list those and that is sean ferrick at sean ferrick on twitter and albert hogan um I'm going to have to get his Twitter handle down, uh, but it will be in the show notes. Those cats uh, are supporting uh, Bad Choices and Bourbon and everything else, uh, all the fun stuff we're trying to do here. Uh, so with that and uh, to you, 
I would like to say thank you for your ears, hoping to earn them again next week. Uh, from myself in central Arkansas and Jill in the Chicagoland area, we'll say good night. Thank you. Yeah.